It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Masterplan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's a pleasure to have you listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Masterplan, author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Now, today, my brand new book hits the shelves. It's available as ebook, paperback, and it should be available as audiobook today. Fingers crossed. Um, it's called B2B e-commerce Masterplan. And it's all about how to make wholesale e-commerce part of any B2B businesses sales growth. And it's a really fascinating book. I think I've written it. I would, wouldn't I? Um, but it's doing great. It's going to do great guns. It's going to really help out those B2B businesses who I know like to listen to this podcast. And also, if you're a, a B2C business who's created your own product that you're starting off in the wholesale area, I think you'll get a lot out of it as well. So it's called B2B e-commerce master plan and it's available on all the Amazon platforms as ebook, audiobook and paperback. And you can find out more about it at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash B2B. Now today's guest, before I introduce you, I was intending in honour of B2B e-commerce master plans launch of bringing you a lovely B2B interview today. However, I've done an interview with Julie Mathers and Julie is just phenomenal. It was a fantastic interview. So I decided I couldn't wait a couple of more months to put it out. I thought I'm just gonna have to get put it out now. So you've got a B2C interview on B2B e-commerce master plan launch day. It's quite a long one, but trust me, it is well worth listening through. And uh, the other the other little thing I kind of have to, to fess up to at the beginning, during the book top tip, Julie states that she doesn't like business books which is, it would be another good reason not to put this interview out today. However, it's just too good to have sitting on the shelf here waiting to be launched. So I hope you appreciate this really awesome interview. And I hope those of you who want to read my new book, go and grab yourself a copy via ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash B2B or head over to Amazon and look for B2B e-commerce masterplan. Okay, let's get on with, with today's show and I'll introduce you to today's special guest. We have Julie Mathers, who is the founder and CEO of the multi-award winning Flora and Fauna. Flora and Fauna is Australia's largest cruelty-free and vegan shop with exclusive eco-friendly products. They launched in 2014 and now do several thousand orders a week and are experiencing an accelerating growth of over 500% year on year. Hello, Julie. Hello there. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? It, it sounds both pretty good and somewhat daunting. It is daunting every day, every day. <laughs> we don't sleep. It kind of helps that way. <laughs> but it's a good daunting, I figure. It's really good. It's awesome. Yep. Well, I've just given our listeners a really quick overview of where you've got to now, but how did you end up getting started in e-commerce? So I have um, worked in retail for a very long time. I worked it out the other day. It's 25 years. Wow. Starting out from when there was absolutely no e-commerce and um, working working in the local bakery at 16. And uh, and, and I've just stuck with, with retail throughout that in various guises. So that being consulting, that being private equity, and also that being retailers, um, whether that be on the shop floor or buying or merchandising or, or, or whatever, really. So I've worked in lots and lots of different um, elements of retail. And then around about 10 years ago, 
uh, I actually started working in online. And that's how I got into the e-commerce world and, uh, and, and was really just incredibly fascinated by it. Uh, and the speed at which you can talk to customers and the, the level of data that you can get. And, and from there, really, um, I love retail, but it, it's so centered around, around that online perspective for me. And, and certainly because that seems to be the, I suppose, the first part that many customers discover a brand as well. Um, so, so I got into it about 10 years ago when I was working for a big supermarket here in Australia and following on from that, I've done different roles for other businesses. And then three years ago, that started Flora and Fauna. So what was the catalyst to deciding that Flora and Fauna was going to be the way to go and that you were going to do it exclusively online? So I... I am all, I've always had a bit of an itch that I wanted to scratch <laughs> in, terms of, um, in terms of running my own business. And I've always been very entrepreneurial in terms of the roles that I've been in. And then equally with that, I've also been quite frustrated in terms of working for other people, <laughs> particularly when you work for large corporates. So there's lots and lots of things that you want to do, but actually there's so much red tape to go through that it's quite hard to do them. So, um, so I knew I really wanted to do something for myself and I'm incredibly focused on um, ethics and eco-friendly uh, products and, 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 and running an, an ethical business, basically. I've always wanted to run a retailer that was kind of best in class. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I went through a couple of ideas, as I'm sure many people do and and one particular idea I was quite advanced with in terms of almost spending quite a bit of money and then uh, and then decided that was actually a, a terrible idea and uh, decided not to go ahead with that because the business case really didn't stack up so kind of just came up with the idea of, of Lauren Fauna and the business model and and then really scoped it out and thought hang on this is actually going to fly and um, and for me it was always a known that we would start with online so I've seen some amazing businesses out there and they've started in on, online and then they've actually gone and opened up stores after after the event mm-hmm. and that, that is um you know definitely on the cards for us as well potentially at some point um but there've been so many great businesses have started that way so that that was just a natural way for us to go and it does keep the overheads that little bit lower doesn't it? If you've just got the online piece, you can really focus on perfecting it rather than worrying too much about customer-facing staff, uniforms, shop layout, all those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. It's, I suppose it it shifts you in a different direction because you you aren't going, I mean, you've, you've got different overheads. You've got a warehouse, which is pretty costly. You have, your marketing costs are ridiculous. Um, (laughs) And um, and so there are different types of ho- overhead, but there are overheads which are, are a lot more variable as opposed to those fixed costs. Yeah. And I know, you know, shopping centers is a cracking example where they, they sort of tie you in for five years. And, geez, that's a big overhead to be ha- hanging over you. Yeah, um, when you're first testing an idea. Oh, yeah, great. I've got to sign up to a five-year lease. Awesome. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. Whereas, you know, with online, you can you can test and you can test on social media and test on Google and you can test with your marketing, marketing ideas. And if they don't work, you know pretty quickly because you've got such great access to data. Whereas, yeah, you're not signing up for a shopping center and you go, oh, hang on a minute, it's the worst spot in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, I think, isn't it? It's like offline you've got to buy into the right space at the, at the, at the beginning. You know, if you're going to, in, in London, for example, if you want to sell to the high end, you've got to get that space in Mayfair, in Chelsea from day one, which costs a small fortune. Whereas online, you can use all the normal tactics to get yourself into that space and create it yourself without having to spend so much on rent. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a different, it's a different beast and it's, I do think it's um, incredibly hard. It's an incredibly competitive market, particularly the space we're in. And it's quite easy. And I've seen lots and lots and lots of um, startups do it. It's quite easy to go, oh, it's not working. And to get really deflated about it and then to stop mm-hmm. and shut up shop. And, uh, and it's so important to keep testing, keep going and, and persevering. Oh, perseverance, I think, makes makes the difference a lot of the time between the successes and the failures. It's it's how long you you are ready to continue working and optimizing to get that to the to the right point. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, well, we'll we'll dive back into how you've got to where you've got to a bit yes. more later. But first off, let's just let's just explore where the business is right now. So you're in Australia, aren't you? And are you selling purely to the to Australia, or are you overseas as well? No, we sell globally. So Australia and New Zealand are our biggest market, um, but we sell anywhere in the world. And that's very important to us because, well, for a few reasons. Um, one, uh, our customers are global. So, um, and the market is global. And the, the market that we're in, which is, um, you know, a lot of vegan, cruelty-free, ethical products, it's growing hugely in Australia, but it's also growing in plenty of other countries mm-hmm. too quickly. So we're, we're very focused on being global and we will send, um, yeah, absolutely anywhere. Cool. And um, the, you've got quite a wide range of products, haven't you? It's almost anything you could think of for home food life mm-hmm. is on your site. Yes. Yeah. We've, um, we started off in beauty and that's, well, that's where we kind of got our stronghold really. And we've expanded, particularly in the last year, into homewares and also fashion, and particularly accessories. And we do a little bit of food as well, but it's not, a, I mean, food is such a tricky market mm-hmm. that, um, and there's plenty of competition in that space anyway. So we, we do a little bit to complement what we do. Um, but really from the, um, yeah, beauty, lifestyle, fashion space, and, and it's growing. We've got 3,000 products now and 100, we're multi-brands, so we've got about 170 brands. Mm-hmm. And, um, and growing so we do want to be able to cover any part of um, any part of the market that, and basically things that people use every day and uh, and give them an alternative which is ethical and vegan basically so it, so it's really all about satisfying that customer who wants those products whatever product it might be that they want Correct, correct. So we're constantly looking at um, new products and innovation, which makes it really exciting from our perspective because we find some 
cool stuff out there, like bags made out of pineapple leaves and watches made out of pineapple leaves. Wow. Yeah, That's crazy. Some, it's really crazy, right? And it's such a it's, – it's part of why I love what I do is you can find some really amazing products that people are making that really do um, change how you think about what you do every day. And, um, and, you know, it comes from, I, I think about it in terms of, you know, you get up in the morning and you brush your teeth and you um, do whatever else you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and are there better alternatives from what you're using right now? Um, so that could be laundry powder. That could be um, going to the supermarket. And, and I know a lot of the, the food in the UK is disappointingly prepackaged in plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but is there a, uh, it's not necessarily the case over here at the moment. So one of our best sellers is, are these, um, they're called produce bags. And they're just little bags that you take with you to the supermarket and you put your fruit and veg in those instead, instead of using the plastic bags that they're giving out. So, and we've sold thousands and thousands and thousands of them. So, it, but it's really solving problems that customers don't even realize they've got. Yeah. So, because you, you, you're not, you don't wake up one day and you go, you know what? I need to go and get myself some produce bags. <laughs> um, it's giving people ideas and going, hey, maybe, maybe try this. And it's amazing how many people get on board with it and go, what a great idea. Yes, I'd like to take that. I'd like to be involved because I just want to do the best I can. So what um, platform are you on then? Are you on a common platform like a Shopify or Magento have you, or have you gone bespoke? So we are on Neato, which is an Australian platform. Um, we used to be on BigCommerce, actually, and we moved to Neato uh, in, because, well, basically because it is focused on Australia. And a lot of our market is Oz. Mm-hmm. And we have specific things over here. Um, so there's something called Afterpay, which is a good example where you can effectively pay for your – you get your product now, but you can pay for it over eight weeks. Um incredibly popular for people over here yep. naturally um and and there's a lot of the the integration with the um with the aussie vendors like australia post and dhl and various other things so it was a good platform for us to use because we've got local developers um understanding the local market Excellent. And does it is it a platform that enables widgets and plugins and things so are you you know have you got searchandising or reviews or anything like that going on Yes, yeah. What's actually one of the main reasons we moved to it is because a lot of it is actually built in. So, yeah, so where before we had lots and lots, and I'm quite a big fan of plugins actually, but we had lots and lots of plugins, which was great. But um, A, they're not necessarily um, on brand. Mm -hmm. Um, So so that's a a bit of a a thing. Plus also you're paying extra dollars each month to... (laughs) more more and more and more people and it soon adds up um, yeah, it's like they, they offer great flexibility when you're at that very early try this try yeah. this try this stage but once you reach the point where you're doing thousands of orders a week it's like actually yeah. we need something which is more cost yeah. effective less risky and better fits our branding yes and that's exact that is exactly where we got to it was perfect for us when we went oh you know what should we try this and oh yeah it kind of works and then we just got to the point where we went you know what we need a platform that is on um 
that is really understands the Aussie market for us, um, that has the um, capability to go international, which was very important, but also something where we can get all of these plugins that we've managed to grab and get them built in. Mm-hmm. And and so that that's what we've done. So so that's what's pretty good about Mito in terms of um, yeah, we we do all of the merchandising and the reviews and the the little pop up on the site which says such and such in Sydney bought bought this. Yeah, um, we have all of those things, but it's all built in within the platform, which is what we um, and when we went with Nito, we we had kind of a custom build with them anyway. So we we asked for all of these things to be done. Cool. And um, what does your team look like? How many of you are there? What are you focusing on? What are they doing? What are you outsourcing? Yeah. So our team, so I, we operate a bit of a virtual team, which I kind of like. One of the things that I've always been frustrated about with, um, or not frustrated, I've just thought there's a better way of doing it mm-hmm. with general retailers and businesses is that you operate nine to five, Monday to Friday, which in reality is, Absolutely not when customers are shopping. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah. They're shopping on the weekend. They're shopping at night. You know, 50% of our revenue comes um, in the evening for us. And so we have to be around when the shop is around. So we've kind of built our team around that a little bit. And um, so we have, a, we have a very flexible team. We have, uh, there's about 10 of us who, or 10 people who are in the warehouse and they're picking and packing the orders. And um, our warehouse, uh, we're, we're about an hour north of Sydney, mm-hmm. um, in the bush. It's very beautiful. And um, and our warehouse opens at seven in the morning and it goes through till about six o'clock at night. So, but it's all very flexible in terms of timing. So we work with people according to our needs and their needs as well. So there's somebody who goes out um she, she kind of said, oh, you know, I'm just not getting to the gym every day. So what she does is she comes in at 7, she works till 10, and then at 10 o'clock she goes for an hour to the gym and then she comes back. Nice. Um, yeah, and it fit, makes her day kind of better and means that actually we're getting way more out of her as well <laughs> um, because she's, she's happy in the workplace. So And there's, there's other people as well who um, work four days a week or they only work mornings or so on and so forth. So we have people here doing that. We also have um, a graphic designer, but she's based in another part of Australia. And that's totally fine with me because she was absolutely the right person for the job. Mm-hmm. And she's, a, she's an amazing graphic designer and she gets our brands. It really doesn't matter where she's located. Uh, we have... Um, our IT team and they're based um, again in another part of Australia. And then we work with agencies for actually an agency for SEO and then an individual who's just really good at SEM. So, so we kind of, I sort of look at it in terms of, I know what I need to build a great team and it's about getting the person, not mm-hmm. about getting them and forcing them into working in a place. So really flexible with so our team. I'm guessing based on the, the roles you've outlined, your primary focus is keeping everything happening and the product. Correct, correct. So my primary focus is, yeah, that's absolutely right, product and marketing, basically, and websites. That, those are the areas that I'm very close to. And then um, I have someone who works with me 
Tom and he his um, focus is completely um, the operation, so which is great because he runs that. And also finance, which is fantastic. <laughs> Got you. So, so would it be fair to say that you're the buyer and he does the merchandising side of things? Um, I, I'm the buyer, the marketer, and he does the operations plus, um, plus financials, and I would say replenishment. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, we kind of tee off in in that way it worked really well actually cool. um, in terms of working together I think it's very very important particularly when you're in a startup to realize what your skills are and what you're good at and also to make sure that you have people and you bring people on board who are good at the things that you're not good at I, I, I always think it's something which a lot of businesses fail and certainly startups fail to recognize is that buying versus merchandising replenishment um is such a totally different skill set. One is about the understanding the customer and understanding the trends and what's coming, what's new. And the other one is making sure you're making every cent you can on those products. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is why Tom's great because he's incredibly analytical. So he, his job is to make sure we stay in stock, but also we're not overstocked. So, um, and it's my problem if we buy something and we, and it's a dud, but <laughs> I've got to, and I've got to deal with that, <laughs> which is fine. I'm totally prepared to deal with that. But, um, but certainly we've bought things and they've flown out and it's his job to make sure that we, we don't lose any sales from people walking away. Yeah. The, the products yeah. that should be are there on the website. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's great that he looks after the operation as well because he, he, he also has customer service, so he sees all the issues and the problems and the questions coming in every day. So I think we've, from our perspective, we split it really well. Cool, right. Now I want to kind of dive into how you've got to where you've got to. Because you said yeah. in the intro, you know, that there's still an awful lot of cost when you launch online. It's just that little bit more flexible than the rent. And I I come across a lot of businesses who are starting up, who are purely going down the content and PR route and the social media route and not investing in the advertising side of things. So I'm I'm partly assuming what your answers are going to be here, but how important, you know, which, which marketing method, I guess, is it, or mix of marketing methods, is it that helped you make the first year a success, you know, those, those earlier stages? Yeah. Okay, so, um, gosh, we've done everything, actually, and we've gone, we've, we started off doing things, and we've stopped them, and we've come back to them. But the thing that really worked for us at the start was social media, but it was Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, specifically. So we're pretty, well, we're very active on Facebook, we're very active on Instagram, um, but the thing that where we've, and it really varies business to business, but for us, we've really seen our revenues increase from Facebook. And that is having to invest money in it. So I've seen lots of businesses go, Facebook doesn't work for us. No, it doesn't unless you spend money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just the nature of the beast. Um, And, but equally, if you do spend money and you're across your analytics, it can work for you very well. So for our first year um, or first few years, first couple of years, we grew, Facebook was, really how we grew and we've what I love about it is we've got an incredibly engaged community 
um, and we will put posts up. So we did something yesterday about recycling. We have a, a recycling scheme, basically. Put something up yesterday about recycling, and we have such an amazing engagement with it. Not boosted, not no money spent on it, just people who love us as a brand, but also um, we've absolutely hit the nail on the head in terms of our community and what they're interested in. So, but it takes a long time to get to that point, and it takes a lot of money to get to that point. Yeah, you kind so, of you've got to recruit them, bring them in, and then you can yeah. get the big uh, viral side of things. So absolutely. I, I guess that that brings me on nicely to a, to another question, which is: you mentioned that you your product nobody nobody goes out wanting to buy a produce bag. So you have to convince people of the reason why they need it in the first place. You need to kind of open up that problem for them and make them aware of it, which I guess is one of the reasons why Facebook works so well from you. Because I'm guessing on Facebook, you're not saying, look at this product. You're saying, look at this problem. Here's the solution. Correct. Correct. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. And that's that's how we've, we, we've really approached it um, and probably against, uh, in fact, I've spoken to plenty of people in social media going, um, Gosh, how you approach socials a little bit different to what the um, the best in you know best in class approach it. Short, short sharp posts. Da, da, da. We'll, we'll put up pretty long posts, mm-hmm. and we'll put up engaging posts, and we will put up content and talk about problems, and um, and we get huge traction from them. So yes, we we talk about problems. It's we we focus less on the push 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 um, because and we you know we do a bit of that as everyone does, but actually we talk more about um, here's a problem, here's a solution, or videos have been great for us as well, actually. Um, very, very short, sharp, less than 15 second videos um, have been incredibly engaging. And what, what's great about Facebook is you can generate an audience from them. Um, so there's lots of little tools and tips in Facebook that you can, that you can use to, to your benefit. Um, just that's, for, that's, for anyone who's listening is going generate an audience from a video what's she talking about um if you if you put a video up on facebook you can turn the people who've chosen to watch that video into a list you can market to on facebook so if you put up a video of a problem and people like the problem they watch the problem video then you can create an audience to then advertise the product to them afterwards Fabulous. Yes. There you go. Brilliant yeah. thing to do as well. Um, yeah. incre- I'm increasingly, for anyone who's listening, I'm increasingly hearing from people that this is a very, very effective way to get Facebook working for you. Yes, it is. It is. It's been good. And you've got to pick and choose. We've done some of them and they've gone, yeah, not really worked. But this is where you've got to be all over your analytics with it. And I look at it multiple times a day. So, um, but it's been incredibly important to our growth. Um, uh, but but equally to the point where I've gone, oh, we're over reliant on it. Mm-hmm. So we um, and particularly this year, we've uh, spread the love, so to speak, and um, and looked at other ways of marketing as well. Which um, Google AdWords is one, um, making sure our SEO is bang on, and and realizing that we need help with this, and we cannot do this ourselves. And we just need experts in this space. Um, Hence the SEO agency and the outsourced SEM marketer. Yes, exactly. But so we would I be right have... in saying, Julie, that you're running the Facebook ads personally? Correct. I am. At some point, I have to let go. But right now, I'm doing 
<laughs> yeah, that's always the tricky, tricky thing, isn't it? It's like, oh man, how, where, how and where do I let go of this? Oh no, and it's probably, you know what? It's probably the last thing I'll let go of. Um, it's it's been really good letting go of um, particularly AdWords, Google AdWords. <laughs> that was amazing to let go of that. Um, but but um, we always think AdWords is so much of a science. Yeah, you know, if you exactly. if you can do jewelry on AdWords, you can do ethical products on AdWords. You can do fashion on AdWords because actually the difference between the products is very and how you in terms of how you approach it is very different. Whereas with Facebook, it's more of a content strategy, so you've got to be neck deep in product and customer to be able to get it to work. Absolutely, absolutely, and this is where. I know and love and cherish our brand and the tone of voice is my tone of voice, which um, is difficult to transfer across to someone else mm-hmm. um, and risky too, because, you know, um, we'll talk about that. I'll talk about things in a, in a certain way and our customers expect us to talk about something in a certain way. So, you know, it, it takes a lot to hand that across to somebody, but at some point, Obviously, I will, but um, but right now I'm keeping hold on to it, um, and also because our business relies on it so much too. Yeah, that um, it'd be a bit too risky to let go at the moment. But we're spreading the love elsewhere with other marketing methods as well. Um, we could only really start this year when you've you've almost got to build up a really great base and cash flow and everything else to be able to launch into other areas. So would you say now that the accelerated growth is down to those experiments in other areas or just the cumulative impact of everything you've done to date? Cumulative, cumulative. It's, um, it's kind of a bit of a snowball effect at the moment. Um, we have an amazing loyal customer base. So retention is fantastic for us. Um, we pride ourselves on our customer service, which and, and we do deliver great customer service, so we have customers coming back. And um, and then, yeah, the constant, the Facebook, the Google AdWords, the word of mouth, the SEO is kicking. There's so many different areas that are kicking for us at the moment, and it is just sort of snowballing and that, that cumulative effect. But, but you've got to keep all the plates spinning. Yeah. Yeah, I expect Tom is very busy at the moment, isn't he? <laughs> Keeping those products in stock. <laughs> Well, it's funny you say that. It's funny you say that because um, we had a really, I think it was July. I think, yeah, it just went a bit crazy. <laughs> and, um, and we just, and we, we, we send orders out the same or next day. And, uh, and then we just went, hang on a minute, we're, we're getting behind here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I said, right, we, we, we have to think about this because Christmas is coming up and we cannot be left standing at Christmas. We, you know, we, we got to get the getting orders out the same day. So we said, right, we've got to recruit people. So what we did, and there's, you know, as there are everywhere, there's various places where you can go and recruit and it takes forever. So we put up an, a, a post on Facebook, no payment or anything else. We're no boosting or whatever. And just said, um, here's a view because where we are, it's absolutely beautiful. And it's on yeah. bushland. Put a, put a picture of the view and said, Hey, do you want to come and work here? And by the end of the week, we'd recruited eight, eight people. Wow. So yeah. And they started the next week and it was just people who, and what was great about that was that they were, they already knew the brand. They were brand ambassadors of us right at the start or 
you had mums on there saying to their children, you need to work here. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll start a part-time job. Um, and they started the next week and we didn't have to pay a cent in terms of any form of recruitment cost. And, and also because we are an hour north of Sydney, we're not, um, you know, we're not, we're not in the, we're not anywhere near the Harbour Bridge or the Opera House. Um, people knew what they were getting themselves into. So, um, so yeah, I think there's different ways of thinking about how you do stuff, but we, we quickly solved that problem. And fundamentally, if you have eight people all starting on the same day, it's an awful lot easier than eight people starting over three or four weeks That's right. as well. That's right. <laughs> it's like get you all exactly. in and train at the same time. But look, we are, we are chatting and I'm very much enjoying this interview, but it is, it's probably time we get ourselves into the top tips um, or right. we're going to be here for, I don't know, maybe the rest of the day. Uh, so I hope everyone else <laughs> is enjoying it too, because I'm thoroughly enjoying chatting to Julie about her business. Okay, so <laughs> it's time for the top tips round. Now, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. So, Julie, first up, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Okay, so I'm going to answer this in two parts. Okay, because it's difficult. So if you were going to take a Friday off, I would suggest that you go and take yourself off somewhere and take yourself out of your business and go and do something creative. So I did this the other week mm-hmm. and I just took myself, or I actually took myself off to um, some, oh God, it's like a rock pool spa thing for the day. Mm-hmm. No phones allowed. I had to leave. They took your phone off you at the door. So I had eight hours of me time, of literally me and my thoughts did you take a I, notebook? No, I didn't. Wow. I, had nothing, I had nothing other than my bikini. <laughs> um, so I had, I just had me and my thoughts. And I am someone who is completely attached to my to multiple devices all the time. So, but it was, oh yeah, the best eight hours I've spent in a very, very long time. So I would suggest doing something which is putting your phone down, putting it away and just going and and taking yourself out somewhere completely different. And that's one of the best things I've done to help um, uh, solidify my thoughts a little bit and also just to give me a bit of a break, quite frankly. So that's part one. Part two, two, I am actually going to give you a book. Um, And I've just got it and I started reading it. And it's a book called Arctic Dreams by Barry Lopez. Um, it's not necessarily going to help you with your business, but it, I also think that I'm not a big fan of business books. I'll be honest. Um, I think you can get a lot more information out of reading books, which are not business books or a lot more inspiration. Should I say anyway, this talks about our planet and the, um, and the Arctic and what goes on up there. And it's an area that no one ever goes to. So go and find out a little bit more about it. It's quite fascinating. Cool. I like that. Go and find some inspiration. Yeah. Okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Well, it's really boring, <laughs> but it is social media. Um, and it is Facebook, and Facebook specifically, um, because it's been such a big traffic generator for us. So I think that is one which 
it's if you can get it to work for you and be really conscious about um, your margins on it. And just because you're making revenue off it, just have a look at how much you're spending on getting that revenue. Um, it's what is it? What is my little quote? Um, sales is, I'm probably going to get the wrong one around. Um, sales is sanity, retail. Uh, no, what is it? Sales sanity, profits vanity. Whichever the way around it's it the other, is. It's the other way around. Sales is sa- sales of vanity, profit is sanity. Sanity. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but it's it's great to make sales. But if it costs you two dollars to make a dollar, it's not very good. So, um, so use the analytics in Facebook. I think it's really good, but you have to be all over it. Oh, so true. Okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug in a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Yes, we have two. Um, So one is Sprout Social, which I use and um, being so reliant on social media Mm -hmm. um, has been, this has been great because this collates everything into one spot. So you can schedule from it, although I actually use Planoly to schedule. But anyway, you can use it to schedule as well. But also it brings all of your comments into one area and and really cuts down the time you spend managing your social media accounts. So that's been a godsend to me. And I think it costs us something like 50 bucks a month. It's really not expensive when you think about the revenue that we generate from social media. so that is one. And then the other one, which um, is a really cool tool, but something completely different, is called Inventory Planner. Now, I don't, we, we hook that into Neato, um, and that is fantastic from us from a replenishment perspective, from an analytics perspective, perspective and from a stock perspective, um, and can give you amazing reports that you might not get out of your own website, like your top 100 products it can give you forecasts in terms of what stock you should buy and and all sorts of stuff like that so really smart tool nice okay the startup top tip if you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business what would be your first tip for them my first tip would be work out who you are and what your brand is that's I think until you have got that down solid and you know who you are and what differentiates you from your competition, you've got to figure out, you've got to figure that out first and then go from there. Okay, cool. Masterplan World, you can find those top tips and links to the myriad of other things we've chatted about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll see a link to this show. Now, Julie, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on web and social media? I can indeed. So you can find us on www. Why am I saying that? I don't know. Floraandfauna.com.au. That's our website. Um, on social media, we are on Instagram and actually we're on, we're on everything. Instagram, face, uh, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, YouTube, Flora and Fauna AU. And, um, and then if you want to email me as well and ask any questions, you can send those through to info at floraandfauna.com.au and they will find their way to me. 
Marvellous, generous offer there too on their email front, people. Um, okay, uh, I'll add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Julie, I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed today's interview. Um, I could talk to you for many more hours, but we're going to call a halt to it now. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on the show and being so generous sharing your experience with us. An absolute pleasure. I've absolutely loved it. And I could talk too, so I have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... I have to. I know I said it in the uh, in the interview, and I really did thoroughly enjoy chatting to Julie there. She seriously knows her stuff, and I love that way she's gone about building the business. She she went through the business cases of several different ideas before she set on the final one, the flora and fauna one. Then she found the right way to build that business for the first couple of years, really focusing in on the impact she could make on Facebook by outlining those problems to the customers, and then showing them the solutions, her products really focusing on building that community, getting the traction and really focusing in on the areas that were working. Then two years in, she's now started to diversify the activity to lower their risk on Facebook ads and really accelerate the growth of the business, which clearly she's getting as they're growing at more than 500% year on year, which is phenomenal, um, quite frankly. And then those ways in which he's managing the team and going for the right person doing the right thing rather than worrying too much about where they are geographically. I thought there's a lot we can all take from that. So I hope you found that useful and interesting. As I said at the beginning, today is the day my new book launches. Despite the fact that Judy doesn't like business books, I'm still going to tell you about it. Um, it is called the B2B e-commerce master plan. It's all about taking your B2B business e-commerce. So selling to your business customers online. You can find it on Amazon as paperback, ebook and audiobook. Audiobook should be out by today, but they can be a bit funny at ACX, so we'll see. If not, it'll be there pretty soon. And it's also, you can find out all about it via e-commerce master plan dot com forward slash b2b so hope you've enjoyed the interview hope you've enjoyed this quite long podcast and i hope those of you who are in the b2b space go and grab a copy of my book um keep optimizing bye thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com